You're listening to the Legendarium Blue Team. You have chosen wisely. Please go to patreon.com slash legendarium to support the show. So Harry gets a puppy. He gets into porn. <laughs> no. Welcome to the Legendarium. We are the Blue Team. This is episode 245. And for some of you, you're going to be terribly excited because we are back into a Dresden book. I'm excited. I'm one of those people. (laughs) Well, I have to admit. I kind of am too. I mean, our, our our foray into the world of Dune was absolutely delightful for me. I had a wonderful time and, and it started being less and less wonderful as we got further and further along because you guys started giving me really bad looks and I started to wonder if I was going to be, you know, shot. But here we are. Yeah. We're still here. We're by, back in Dresden. Uh-huh. And by the way, we've both read Heretics of Dune. And neither of us want to talk about it. And we're excited to move on to Dresden. <laughs> Oh, I really, so, I, one of these days we're going to have, we're going to have a follow-up. We're going to do Heretics of Dune. I will say, I will say that this book was less racy, like Dresden Files was less racy than Heretics stop, of Dune. And that's all I'm going to Stop, We're going right. to, we're going to get to, right. we're going to get to both of those. Okay. We're going to get to both of those. Right. Oh, I just lost my computer. There we go. Oh, okay. this was, this was the one I was most excited to get your reaction on. <laughs> Remember when I said I was excited yeah. for what's coming up? This yeah. is, uh, anyway, this sorry. is, this is, I think we're all kind of giddy about this one and. <laughs> I have to be honest. This is this one took me less time than any other Dresden book to get through. Oh. Um, partly because I took a day off of work and I just stayed home and listened to the book. Um, I can see this. And uh, I played I played part of it for my children, and my daughter kept saying, "Dope, dope." <laughs> Which part? <laughs> I, I played the I played the uh, the final battle between Harry and Wraith. Oh sure. Oh, and she yeah. was like, "Dope," <laughs> and I'm like. This is a fourteen-year-old. This is my fourteen-year-old. Right. I'm like, sweetheart, is is that is that good? She's like, dope. So I'm like, all right, all right. I guess we'll just take it. We'll, just we'll, go with we'll it. We'll make work with uh, that. Yeah, I'm not um, a teenager. Let's take care of a little bit of housekeeping. Those of you that are familiar with the podcast, uh, you already know Patreon. Uh, if you, if you find us on Patreon, we'd love to have you follow this podcast. Um, you can follow us wherever podcasts are available. You can also contact and reach out to us on Reddit, on Discord. Uh, find us on the legend on our names. Uh, do you, you guys both all have emails in your names, right? If yes. I do, I don't have the log information. Okay, we need to fix that for I you know. because there's probably some very handsome man stalking you on your email, trying to find you. I'm sure there is. Um, yeah. Ken, Megan, Todd at thelegendariumpodcast.com. And and quite frankly, we'll respond. Um, we do respond. And I try to. I know that Ken is probably more active in Reddit. Megan is probably more active in Reddit than I am, but yeah. I do try to get involved in Reddit um, from yeah. time to time. And so I... And tweet at us. Um, we, we love that too. But I'll tell you what, um, if there is one thing that I can say about our community, it is that I really love all of our listeners. You guys, you guys yeah. give us feedback. You communicate with us. It's a wonderful experience. So oh, thank yeah. you very much for Absolutely. that. Absolutely. It's, it's so much it's fun. fun. Every once in a while we get to meet one of you and it's just really, really fun yeah, to hear is. that people enjoy listening to us as much as we enjoy listening to each other. So thank you, everybody, especially, for continuing to listen. Especially yeah. when you tell us that you are not a former inmate from the Sweden Swedish prison system. Prison system. Yes. That, that Swedish guy was really funny, though. He, <laughs> he was hilarious. <laughs> this is true. You can't this pretend that's not true. Okay. Uh, I'm actually going to Sweden next year. So, <gasps> yeah, oh, yeah. We may, Jealous. I, I may, I may try and sneak rug. away for a day. We'll see how that goes. Anyway, go. we've spent enough time talking about things that don't revolve around Dresden. Everybody's saying, shut up, Todd. Get into Dresden. Ken yeah. has for us now. Now we've all been so excited about this, but Ken's been very busy. I, so Ken has. This is one of the reasons I am very excited to be here is because I am not out doing stuff until all hours of the night. I'm I'm in a play. Instead, he's he's doing all things all, all hours of the night here. Yeah, I'm 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 in a play, and it's taken like all of my life right now, and I I didn't get a recap done. <gasps> I'm sorry. I have I have some questions. I mean, I, I've, I've listed some questions because I was just, there's so many things that I was so excited to ask you about this. I mean, well, I, I can stumble through, you know, Ken, I think stuff. you should do an, you should do an on the fly recap. Yeah, those, those they never go well, but okay. They never go yeah. well, but there's so much more fun for us to kibitz you on. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, let's see. Um, so uh, through five books now, we've seen uh, our intrepid 
wizard go from from loner, um, private inge- investigator, living dollar to dollar, to a guy who's got some friends in some very high places, and still, still living, living dollar, dollar to dollar. dollar. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So Harry gets a puppy. He gets into porn. <laughs> yeah. When you're living dollar to dollar, you know. Uh, But not in the fun way. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So happy. Okay. So anyway, he gets into porn. He has vampires of all colors out to kill him. And he gets on the bad side of an entropy curse. Lots of callbacks. Chickens coming home to roost. Resolutions, uh, or at least continuations of storylines that we've seen in the last five books. Several loose ends. Uh, from the past five books, but but really, despite the porn angle, okay, mm-hmm. um, at the base level, this book is about family and about belonging. Uh, we also get to see a, a shift in power dynamics in the world of Harry Dresden. Dresden, excuse me. Mm-hmm. But but it really is. It's about family and power. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and belonging at, at, at the at the base level. I mean, Harry, uh, Thomas, Murph. Murphy. Oh, we get so much Murphy. So much Murphy. Yay! Finally. Okay. So, uh, questions for you. So, it's the second time that we've seen Murphy as an angel of light. So, who's more of a paladin, Murphy or Michael? Just think about that. Just think about that. Uh, now that Harry has a brother, how excited are you to inevitably see more of Thomas? And how much of him do you want to see? I'm talking about in the story. Get your minds out of the gutter. <laughs> I was going to say I don't know if we can see much more than we have. <laughs> Oh my goodness! It's How? just gonna be like this yeah. all night long. All night. All night long. Speaking of porn, <laughs> you can do it, Nikki. <laughs> you can all do right. it all night long. How is How is Harry's fancy new L sixty Hellfire spell going to be able oh. to going to complicate his relationship with Michael? Yeah. 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 I said in a previous episode that this book would introduce us to Megan's future favorite character. So, Megan, how much do you love Mouse? The puppy. Oh, wow. Oh, I was so I'm wrong. so sorry. <laughs> okay. I. This is what happens I'm so when you sorry. make up recaps on the fly. Yep, you're it's okay. It's my bad. It's okay. I'm not as busy as Ken, but I am tired. Anyway. I'm sorry. I'll wake up. Uh, this this question within wow. questions comes Can I from... Do that too? Oh, geez. Don't slap yourselves. <laughs> it's not that kind of... Never mind. I really hope this is nobody's we, first episode. We should Jeez. really we should really put a disclaimer on this episode. <laughs> we, we got an explicit rating, I'm sure. All right, this question comes from Little Blue Book on Reddit. Seriously, Harry's brother is an incubus. What was his mom up to? Who is she really? And how does this affect the rest of the series? And this somebody is, who's read the whole series probably is going, Oh, I know, oh, I, I, know, know I know, I know, exactly. Yeah. And uh, last question or last comment, at least for me, observation: someone really needs to make a Dresden pop culture count in these books because seriously, yeah. oh, that guy so funny is slinging them all the time. So. I'm kind funny. of amazed. I mean, he he comes off as like this gumshoe who doesn't you know really know a lot, and he had like this weird choppy upbringing, but he knows what he's talking about. Like he knows his wizarding references. I love the whole discussion about um, the Dracula novel. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Well, your... and he's, you know, he throws in Murphy Spice and yeah, yeah, all, Murphy Spice, all was these other funny. things. It's so funny. Okay, <laughs> the so that's awesome. Anyway, that's, that's the end of my questions. Uh, so, and that's the end of what is a really very bad recap. But if you find yourself running from projectiles of flaming, flaming demon monkey poo, I hope you get a puppy for your troubles. <laughs> yeah. I gotta tell you, starting out the whole thing, I actually wrote that one. Flaming down. monkey poo. That's oh just, it's just. A, it pays the rent. It it does pay the rent. So um, I, the, the first thing that I had written down um, in, in my notes was level one, yes. Level two, not so much. Level three, heck yeah. Um, for those of you unfamiliar with, the, with our level one, level two, level three, level one being that it's, the book is just a really good read. It's a ripping good yarn and moves you along. Level two being a social commentary talking about political structures and social structures. Yeah. But level three talking about how do you become a better human being? How, mm-hmm. how does this make you a better person make you challenge life in a better way and this one i i i struggle with people who turn around and they say oh these these pop novel these pulp novels whatever um they really have no value and i just want to take this is one that i want to pick up and throw at them and say 
get off your high horse, read this book, and tell me that you're not a better human being as a result of some of the things that he explores. Hmm. I um, like it. Yeah, I, there, there are uh, somebody else in Reddit. We'll get to it in a minute if you want, but somebody else brought up a level two, level three question. So yeah, okay. But keep on going. That's well. Let's let's talk really quickly. Um, the one of the one of the things I, that I want to dig into really quickly because this book is the book that that. I, we've had several redditors that commented early on, and and Ken mentioned to us, "Well, wait until we get to the one with the porn, where <laughs> Harry spends the whole time on a porn set." Um, what was your what was your take on this one with uh, on that aspect, that one piece of it? What did you think about the way that Jim Butcher handled this? I was really surprised at how tastefully he did. Like, he, we really didn't spend that much time on the set. We always say tasteful in porn whenever we talk about porn. Isn't that That's weird? That's right. Absolutely. It's, but it's there, this one guy. was artistic. <laughs> well, I, I mean, there were some moments where I just thought, all right, whatever. I'm just not mentally picturing this part. But he, he actually has a description of what it is like to film on a porn set. And he's like, I, I would like to read this because I wrote it down. <laughs> and I kind of want to use it anytime somebody asks me what stage kissing is like. And, oh, it's you get a, to yes. kiss this guy. Yes. And it's a free yes. pass. It's a, yada, it's yada. Exactly and I'm like, it is the same thing. As three actors doing a podcast. This is, yeah, this, is, this is exactly right. We all three went, oh, hey. No. And, and I read this and I was like, yes, thank you. You get it. Because let me tell you something. Porno sex is only loosely related to actual sex. The actors are constantly getting interrupted. They have to keep their faces turned in the right direction and the body angling they have to do for the camera, blah, blah, blah. There are lights shining in their eyes, people with cameras moving all around. And on top of that, the director is giving them directions from behind the cameras. It is not like it's not there, as fun as you think yeah. it's going to be. There's no romance and there's no eroticism involved in uh, in the creation I mean, they're of all these naked. kinds I, of things I th as I understand it. I find it adorable that Harry has to like look away all the time because he's very uncomfortable and it. Yeah. Just a whole new world for him. But the interesting thing about it, you remember when we first started reading some of these books, we we all commented and several of our Redditors commented on the very, um, I don't want to say womanizing kind of way, but but there was a lot of objectification of, of women. Oh, yeah. Talking about Susan and and her looks and her her body proportions and all of those kinds of things. And yes, she becomes a romantic interest for Harry. But now... He has this opportunity that, to explore all of those things, and he avoids it. He's very vague. Yeah. Um, he, meaning Jim Butcher, he's very vague. He he uses um, some some uh, descriptions that he's used earlier mm -hmm. in earlier books, but he uses them no more nor less salaciously than he did earlier. He he really does a wonderful job of staying away from all of the things, for the most part. That yeah. that in this book could be, and the interesting thing is, the only place where some of that stuff pops up has nothing to do with the porn set, has everything to do with the vampires. With the white, cork. isn't that funny? Because yeah. I mean, you have this whole succubus, succubus, succubus incubus. incubus. <laughs> it's not the same. Um, you know, these they're the sex vampires that seduce you through physical desire, and yeah. so it kind of makes sense that it would be set on a porn set for part of it, Yep. because why wouldn't they be involved with that? And oh yeah, they totally are involved with that in this book. I want to read two questions from Reddit you bet. that uh, both pertain to this in different ways. Aerodandis, who we love, always commenting. It's true. We, uh, Indeed. We, we, we got a bunch from a bunch of regulars, and I, I love it. So, we appreciate uh, you guys. Oh, our says, people are regular. I know, I love it. So it says, this is the book I think of when I read reviews of people complaining about Butcher's characterization of women. It's a tough one to defend. And that's partly, I think, partly true. Yes. In the sense that he's not, he's, he doesn't go out of his way to uh, objectify them in, in the porn set. Uh, but there is a lot Could've of. Could have been way worse. Oh, but there is a, a it is pervasive through this whole entire book. A lot of, you know, uh, um, feelings and, oh, you know, I'm. Yeah, Words my pants were bit. suddenly way too tight. Yeah, like, stuff like stuff like that. But but being on a porn set, and as he points out, as a guy who hadn't gotten any in a while, and or since you know since his last girlfriend turned vampire and left him, um, this is we should point out this is a spoiler for all the books that have come before. Yes, you know. So if you if you're yeah. if you're listening to book six, just expect that books one through five will be spoiled. You know. In this, at least bits and pieces. But anyway, so he's, he's on a porn set. He hasn't gotten any in a while. Bits His girlfriend left, 
and and he's dealing with vampires who specialize and uh, trade in emotional overdrive, you know, and and especially lustful and lust, yeah, overdrive. So it could have been a lot worse, but yeah, there is there are a lot of references in this book, and it, it almost has to be. He does more referencing of the material and the clothing that they're wearing than their bodies. Yes. And that was something that I found very interesting. It was, I, I remember, I remember years ago, I was talking to a friend of mine. Um, we were talking about the old Star Trek, the original series. Oh, yeah. Um, and he said that one of the things that the costumer always used to say was, it's not about the amount of, of body or skin or salacious areas that are not covered. It's about the potential, the perceived potential for accidental exposure that makes something sexy. And if you go back and watch all of those early original series shows, everything's covered, but it looks like at any moment, if they move wrong, something might not be. Yeah. And that's the same kind of descriptions that he does here. He talks about filmy and gauzy. And yeah. if it wasn't just a little longer, a little shorter, um, yeah. the, the scene where he's talking about um, Inara yes. and her little Pooh Bear nighty. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and, I, and I'm listening to that and I'm like, I can picture it perfectly. And it wasn't overdone. It was it was perfectly laid out, but you can you can picture it perfectly based on his description. And he does more describing of the clothes than he does of the actual people. Again, except when they're being vampires. Yes. And we'll talk about that. Well, and even with the clothing, like he he goes in the other direction where he notices Murph wearing a dress the first time he's ever seen her wearing a dress. And he's like, <laughs> Murph, you look good. And she's like, Do I? Okay. Um <laughs> But, you know, like... Murph, you look good in your panties and battle yeah, gear. And then, and then there's the panties thing. Yeah. One of my favorite things. You have to unclench your... You have to relax your butt. What? No, that's... It is relaxed. Oh. Oh. Dang, good butt. Great butt. Yeah. <laughs> Take off your pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it well, was just... So, well, and and since we're since we're talking about talking about the the sex and about f physical in intimacy and all that, I mean Murphy, she lays it out, you know, for her as also as well. She hasn't gotten any in a while. Yep, and plays by on choice. yeah by choice mostly. Yeah. I mean, it seems like with that whole we got to get into her family, you know, yes. later in this. Oh my but, goodness! But she, I mean. I don't even know where I'm going with all this, but it, the, the intimacy and and the desire to have not not sex, not physical interaction, but real intimacy yeah. is explored through. It is the lack of getting is, that. You know, yeah. it is obvious to just about everybody reading these books that the tension between Harry and Murphy is escalating. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly, yeah, that's exactly right. And, and I think that that's something, I'm hopeful that that's something that Butcher is going to explore. I don't have any preferences to the direction that it gets explored, just that it does. I'm pretty confident that it will, because so far he's been real good about setups and playing a long game with some of these kinds of yeah. things. Did it well with Susan. I have the feeling we're going to see similar kinds of exploration. Whether it turns into something that becomes a real nice love affair or not, I I doubt. Yeah. Excuse me, hiccup. <laughs> um, but I am, I am looking forward to it. I, I like the fact that they, they started to connect. Yeah. You know, in a real, I mean, in a deep emotional, that, it, it, it's it, true. It, it, not just, not just in, you know, one moment or two, but they, this is the book where they start to actually rely on each other. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's more you know? trust in this book and more of a willingness to go to, to work with each other Yeah, without strings without preconditions yeah yep. and mean, it's, he, it's nice to see them working like seeing each other in a little bit different context where harry sees murph with her family and murph sees harry like working kind of outside of the law one of those things where it's like no we really can't call the police yeah but i really do want you here well and now she understands why yeah. she's she's getting to the point and she addresses it just like i've got i still have you know mental scars and trauma from everything that's happened in the past but i'm understanding it now mm -hmm. Yeah. And I understand the need to work outside the law on some of these things. And she still has to straddle both sides because she's pure lawful good. And so, I mean, when there are, when there are people on the, on the field, when there are people in place, she wants to rescue them and she wants to do everything by the book, realizing that, okay, now we're dealing with vampires. We can go extra, you know, outside the law for that. And now she's trying to figure out how to massage the two. Yeah. 
It's weird, but isn't it interesting too? Uh, we get a glimpse into Murphy's family life, and yeah, we'll we'll come back and we'll talk. Maybe we'll get a chance to talk about Richie and Murphy Spice. Um, <laughs> but Harry's opportunity to engage with Murphy's mother. Yeah, and maybe we should just talk about the family now. I mean, and, we're well, about this. then then yeah. let's start. But but let's start with that conversation with Murphy's about Murphy's mother. Harry shows up. And I love the fact that he's like, I would marry Murphy for her mother's cooking. <laughs> this right. is the best burger I've had in my life. <laughs> and it was right. Everything that I like on it is perfect, yeah. right? And, you know, here's some extra ones to take on the journey with you. Have some All cake. of these kinds of things. Yeah, um, exactly. But also her revelation to Harry that Murphy's dad uh -huh. had been the director of special investigation. She, uh -huh. went, she went into the family business. And that she knows what Karen is dealing with. Yeah. And her concern is as much about the fact that she doesn't want Karen going the same direction as her father from the standpoint, or at least it appears that she, she recognizes the burden that she's carrying and she just doesn't want him to, her to lose herself mm -hmm. the way her father did. Mm -hmm. I had a question about that. You know, being Murphy's in the family business, does anybody really believe honestly for one second that he killed himself? That he just took a gun and, you know, suck started it. No, I I see that as a no. I, I see no. that as a as a possibility in a couple of situations, but the only reason that I see it as a possibility in a couple of situations is because if you've gone if you've gotten to the point where you see that things are so bad and maybe that's it or he's failed so often maybe he saw yeah maybe he saw maybe. something that was so traumatic that it drove him to that but I either of those two are possibilities I wonder if he was compelled or if. I, I also yeah. believe that it could have been he a... He was possessed. This is a... Yeah, it's a plausible explanation. The same way that so many other things yeah. when SI is dealing with them have to be built around plausible explanations. So many possibilities. Maybe he was he was possessed by something that he knew he wasn't going to be able to fight. So the only yeah, way something. he knew to fight it was to, to do that or something. I don't, I don't think it was just a simple matter of he cracked under pressure and killed himself. No, no. So, okay. um, but... I, her family, by the way, Murphy's family is, was everything that I would expect <laughs> Murphy's family to be. I mean, her brothers are all big cops and they're not menaced by anything. Her mom is, you know, is a fantastic cook. Her sister is a complete bubblehead. Yeah. You, you kind of expect all of those. Free country. Yeah. Not today, pal. Not today. <laughs> I, I find the whole conversation with uh, just walk away, Murphy man. and her mom interesting where her mom is just like, well, I want grandkids and you're not willing to give me that. So, and Murphy is just like, uh, well, it's not for lack of trying. And also, apparently, you don't understand me. I feel like I've had that conversation with people. I, uh, I can understand. Like, it's, you know, kind of on a third level. I'm like, no, I feel you, Murph. I get you. Because she's, I mean, she has been married twice. She's tried. And let's let's make sure that we're all clear. And she probably wouldn't be unhappy with children. Ex-husband number two is now uh, sniffing around the family farm again. Is now in the FBI and is now in Chicago and, and is, is now engaged you know, to her and, little yeah. sister. So who is the worst? We'll be seeing. I'm more sure that's not going to be a problem. Here, here's a question. <laughs> I love Reddit names. Here's a question from Wiggly Golem. <laughs> How annoying is Murphy's freaking mom? Holy moly, I could just not believe her family thought she'd react any differently to the whole Sister X thing. Interesting tidbit about Murphy's dad, though. Kind of reminds me of the Justice League and the Justice Society of America, like the old guard paving the way yeah. for the new guard. It's yeah, true. Mm -hmm. I like that. Maybe Good. it could be something like, you know, the old SSR paving the way for... You know. yeah. Wiggly Gollum, you get my vote as just absolutely spot on with the comic book reference. Love it, yep. right? I love it. Maybe um, she stumbles across her dad's old notes. Because she doesn't know that he was special investigations. No. Her mom intentionally hid that from him. A couple books down the road, maybe she finds out, you know. Uh, uh, they, a cold case comes up somewhere along the line. Oh, yeah. see, I was thinking a demon would be like, oh, your last name is Murphy. I knew a Murphy. Yeah, maybe something he like that. He sold his soul to me because la, 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 la. I'm, <laughs> I'm concerned that Chauncey's going to show up with that kind of information. Uh, yeah. Chauncey, Chauncey trades in information, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see that That's popping true. up. Oh, and how, how about uh, Harry going to bat with Murphy's mom on behalf of Murphy? Yeah. That was a really cool oh, scene. Oh, that was fantastic. Just, I would, and, yeah, and there's nobody moment, I would want to have my back more than more than Murphy. That's that's awesome. The the moment yeah. where he says, you know, a lot of people owe their lives to Murphy. I'm several of I'm them. I'm several of them, yes. Um and, but she looks at him and says, Take care of my daughter. Um that's a that's a really cool understanding that there's an interplay here. Yeah. 
Well, and um, it's very weird because they both know different sides of Murph. They've both seen her in very different situations. Her mom probably has never seen her at work. And this is the first time Harry has seen her with her family. Mm-hmm. And um, they both understand her in certain yeah. ways, but nobody understands all of her. But it's just really nice to know that um, that Harry is able to kind of vouch for Murph and be like, she is really good. Like, she's not right. just hanging out. She's not strong or she's not weak of mind. She's not weak of body. Like, she is solid. I trust her. Yeah. And to, for her mom to be able to hear that from someone and be like, okay, I can worry a little bit less because she's my tiny daughter. Yeah. My tiny blonde daughter. And I, I think it goes a long way to do two things. One, it shows her mom that Murphy is capable and valuable mm-hmm. and important. And two, that she has got she's got uh, somebody watching her back. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So let's let's shift gears and talk about a different family connection. Uh, and the one that I want to talk about is not Thomas and Harry. It's McCoy and Harry. Oh. Yikes! Do we want to really quick? Do we want to um, go back to the the porn stuff and, and Thomas and the white court and all that. Um, we kind of, I, I think we will. Okay. I think we will come back to that, but I want to stay on this. Let's stay on this one for, for a second. Just a second. Um, the, the meeting between Kincaid and McCoy. Oh yeah. Is, oh is yeah. That, is that was that so a, unexpected. <laughs> Aerodandis pointed that one out too. So Ebenezer and Kincaid, huh? <laughs> that's all I said. <laughs> Cause I just, yeah, think of, like, I just think of Kincaid as like, no Kincaid of, uh, Ebenezer. Ebenezer is like this befuddled old man. Like, I I think of him as like Uncle Henry on the farm. See, I, I got I, I think. And that, all of a sudden, I just thought, okay, so I need I need to shift that. He's Captain Picard on the farm. I just I got the impression that that was the impression that he wanted to project, right. and that there was way more to this guy than it's, it's a choice. Especially yeah. since his since Justin, his first uh, his first master teacher instruct whatever they call yeah. you know the the master of an apprentice anyway the master of a padawan sure um i got the impression that the way things went down with justin were so egregious that that the recourse was to kill harry yeah and ebenezer had enough power to step in and go i got him or at least the white council gave ebenezer the responsibility of watching over him because they expected you know, this guy that Harry would very, slip up and this he needed to guy be very likely could be bad and you need to dispatch him quickly. So the only one that's allowed to kill on the White Council with impunity. Blackstaff McCoy. Yeah, he's the White Council's own Whitworks guy. But so, I, I think it's cool, though, that McCoy points out it could go either way. I was I was given the ability to, um, you know, pretty much disregard the White Council's rules. You can circumvent rules. the rules. And yeah, so in yeah. this case, it was. Do not kill you when maybe you might have deserved it, but yeah. maybe you didn't. The The interesting thing for me on this on this one is um, uh, there, there were two things about it that were interesting. The first one was based on the description uh, that we have of McCoy driving an old Ford truck and, you know, all of these all of these pieces, wearing old coveralls, blah, 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 blah. Um, I saw my grandfather's. Um, and, oh, crap. <laughs> Here um, it comes. I saw my grandfathers, and there was a point in my life that I learned things about both of my grandfathers that I didn't want to know. Mm. And for I relate to Harry's trouble of being able to get past that. Yeah. Um, when, when I discovered, uh, and they were not, uh, they were not things, well, in in one case, some of them were things that were as difficult to deal with as some of the revelations that Black that, that Blackstaff McCoy makes to Harry. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember my own struggles at dealing with that that piece of information that that information that changes everything about the way you see someone and makes you question whether or not you can trust anything that they have been sharing with you. It was a very pain. It is probably one of the most painful moments that um, that I've seen in these books that were that were specifically about Harry and his way of dealing with the world. Perhaps even more so than losing Susan in his life. That 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 exchange, that that experience, um, I really related to, and I and I understand the struggle. I'm hopeful that now having having gone through that for me, this is this is now decades away, and so I've. 
kind of come to grips with it and I've, and I've reconciled it and I get it. And I'm watching that and I'm saying to myself, oh boy, there, there is a moment in all our lives where our fathers or our grandfathers or our idols become human. Yeah. Yeah. And for all of us, that is a coming of age moment. That is the moment where we truly lose our innocence, where we truly have to step up and become grown up. We have to become adults. And that's what's happening for Harry in the midst of this. As he's finding family, he's figuring out that the family that he thought he had is not the family that he's always had. It's a different family. And he's got mm-hmm. to come to grips with that. Yeah. Um, here's a question. Well, I, I guess we kind of, I, we've kind of addressed it. How, how deserving is his anger at Ebenezer? I, you know, I, I love that question. That's a great question. How deserving is the anger? That came from Irredentist, by the way. Um, not from me. I'm not that smart. So, so here's a piece for me, and, and whether or not this is useful for anybody else, this is for me. Um, 30 years ago, I, I had an opportunity to work with a gentleman that we were talking about anger and the nature of anger and how it confuses things. And he, and he gave me a phrase that I have used ever since. I've used it with my family. I've used it with people at work. Um, I've used it in, in some of the, the advising that I do when I'm working with students in different kinds of situations. And the phrase is this, anger is a mask for our fear of our helplessness in the situation in which we are expressing the anger or bottling it up. Okay. And so in this moment, the problem, as I see it, as I'm looking at it, is that Harry is completely and totally powerless to do anything about the information that he's receiving. He can't, uh, he can't respond to it immediately. He's going to have to process it. Um, he can't, it's, it's nothing that he can change. It's nothing that he can condone. He can't, he, he can't, he also can't necessarily criticize it. He is in a place where he is completely powerless to do anything about it. So he lashes out. And the reason that we lash out, the reason that anger is a mask for our fear of our helplessness is because we don't respect, um, we don't respect people who hold still. We, especially in a Western culture, we respect people who take action. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the only action that we can take in those kinds of situations is to get mad and kick people out. Um, and that's what he does. He gets mad and he stands up for himself and he says, I need time and blah, 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 blah. And as a res- and, and what he's basically doing is in that situation, he's expressing all of this anger, but what he's really feeling is helpless. Right. And so yes, he, that's I, why I agree. That's and why I, we're going to find, yeah. I think that he's going to deal with this. And I think we're going to find, uh, we're going to find Butcher exploring what Harry's character is like. And I wonder how much his character would be different if it hadn't been for his experience with one of the fallen. Uh, oh yeah, that's true. That's I wonder, true. I wonder that. what's going to, I wonder if that's going to have an impact. Well, um, I, I wonder if it's going to have an impact. Oh, what happens when, not if, what happens when, when Michael, Blackstaff finds oh, out? Blackstaff's going to find out. Michael's going to find out. Murphy's going to find out. I don't think Murphy would have as much of a problem because she doesn't get it. She will. I'll bet one. I'll bet by the time she finds out, she, she does. will be there because she, you know, she's getting there. And I wouldn't be surprised if Thomas has some things to say about this. Yeah. Here's the thing. Um, it, the, the individual who, there was another individual in my life, probably, probably three or four years after that, the first individual that I was talking about, um, sweet, gentle old man, uh, wonderful human being. Uh, but the other one was a former boss of mine and he used to, he has another maxim that he lives by. And that maxim is sooner or later, everyone knows everything. Yep. And I'm watching this one, especially because of all the damage to his hand. Uh, oh, we didn't even get to that. Oh, we got we got so much to talk so about. There's so much in this book. Um, because there was so much damage to the hand and because everybody is going to know about the damage, he's going to have to come clean at some point in time about Lachille and the, and the coin and what he's done and the fact that he didn't give it away immediately. Well, now, the, the hand isn't Hellfire-based. No, but the but... hand has the mark of Lachille. Oh yeah! Remember, he yeah. said that that he looked at the he looked at the pink skin on the mm-hmm. inside of his palm. That's right, and in it was the tattoo in the shape of the of the of coin. Sigil. Do you yeah, think that's sigil. there because he kept the coin or because he touched it at all? I'm thinking. Like, that if he had given it away, would that mark have disappeared? I I don't know. Hmm. Okay, Good but question. I do know that he still has the coin. That's yes, protected, locked away, all of those kinds of things. 
But remember when when they were being handled in the previous book, they were being handled with handkerchiefs. Uh, Harry picked yeah. it up with his skin. He just picked it up and put it in his pocket. I thought he used a, something to protect him too. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I, I seem to remember did. him picking it up with his hand. I'd have to go back and look. And but, stopping Thomas. And I'm sure a Redditor's going to tell us. But Yeah, they, they may. But regardless, one way or the other, he kept the coin. He didn't turn it back yeah. in. Yeah. So And I, the only people that know right now are him and Bob. Yep. So, Yep. And I'm I like that. When we said at the end of that book, like this one's not going to come back and bite him. Right. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to, I think we're going to see more about that. Kind of fun that it didn't come back and bite him right away. They're just going to like build oh, yeah, up this, this anticipation of wait. And now this is a thing. And now Harry has this power and Bob saying now he's a little bit more evil in this way. And, and Bob saying, Harry access to hellfire is pretty powerful. That could be a real benefit. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, Bob, <laughs> poor Bob was totally in his element in this. Oh my gosh, Bob has so many of the best lines. <laughs> I promise you that none of the white court are hanging out at any strip club. <laughs> Bob. Oh, yeah. Well, I figured maybe some of those, you know, adult actors would work at a strip club. And isn't he just exactly on about the fact that the white court would be involved in oh, the yeah. porn industry? Yeah. Should we bring this back and talk about porn again? Because there was another, wasn't there another question about the about Oh, there the were several. But by, by the way, my <laughs> my my favorite was uh, when they were trying to help, uh, what, what was the kid's name? They were trying to help him figure out his porn name. Oh. <laughs> convinces Bobby? him to take the name Gowan Commando. <laughs> that was, in fact, when he said, when he... I, when I'm reading the book, when I'm reading the book, he said, Gowan, you know, he was one of the Knights of the Round Table. I'm like, Gawain, Gawain, go, go, oh, no. That was okay, the, I don't get it. Gowain Commando? Gowan Commando? Oh, that's funny. Come on, you watched Friends. You watched Friends. You know Friends. I did. Now she does. Now she does. And she has that look on her face. Oh, yep. The same look that all of us made. I audibly laughed at that. that was Going so commando. Going commando. That is hilarious. If I had had time to write an actual recap, I would have given you guys porn names. Okay, I'm now, I'm, now I think that needs to come back. Yeah, uh, maybe that I don't to be want a, to know what mine would have been. Maybe I, next I maybe next definitely want to episode. know what Megan's would have been. Maybe next episode. <laughs> Probably would have been something with dimples. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> oh. All right. Anyway, okay, we got we got questions about uh, about the porn industry and the white court. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So go for it. Craig's loving this. <laughs> All right, her and fan, one of our regulars. Is this the book with Oh, sorry, that's not the question. Um I want to say I can't wait to listen to the episode to hear the good and the bad. Call me a Puritan, but all that sex stuff makes me uncomfortable. That's okay. That's You're okay. not alone. Um, yeah. I think if it didn't make you uncomfortable, too, yeah. then Jim Butcher would feel like he hadn't done his job. Yeah. Yeah. There Jim was, was another, having fun. Because I, I okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, no, because go. Harry's keep, keep uncomfortable. Going, and so like, and we're getting this from his point of view. And, and that was so the point. Kind of, like, yep. That was the point awkward. from several, from several editors is yeah. you could see his discomfort with it. And, one redditor mentioned that uh, he thought that his his relationship with Susan was was part of the reason. Maybe. Yeah, I, and isn't I think that that's interesting a great observation. That, that the cure for vampirism or the cure for the cure for, cure for vampirism. The cure the for the last for the white for, court. Ooh, hey now. Um the cure for the white for the white vampirism is love. Is yes. pure true love. And that is how Inari, who should have been a vampire, yeah. was able to conquer it. Yes. That's she fantastic. fell in love with Gowan Commando. <laughs> Gowan Commando. <laughs> with Bobby. Uh, yeah. That's his name, Bobby. He's just so much better as a Bobby. Yeah. Um, you know, the other thing that I thought was interesting, uh, so, and and I understand that part of what we, part of what an author often tries to do is give the, the reader a chance to feel like they're smarter than the main character. Mm -hmm. But did y'all realize that Silverlight was going to be connected to the white court earlier or later. Was that a surprise revelation or did you put that together before Harry did? That was a surprise for me. Was I, I was really? not thinking about it that hard. I connected. I didn't it think it sense. was like directly connected, but 
with all of the activities in the porn industry, it didn't. Here's a question from Rowan Kenobi, by the way, really quick. Uh, while the porn thing is an odd setting, if you had to, uh, if you had the white court abilities, would you blame them? They're vampires. It's not fair to project mm-hmm. your morality on them. But can you think of a better place to feed your inner demon than the than the lust combined with greed of the porn industry? Yep. It makes it's a perfect it's, industry for the white. Court. It's a perfect yeah. connection for the when, white. When court. that came up, I read it and went, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Absolutely. For All me, right. the moment that made it clear was the moment that we see Thomas transform the first time yeah. and his eyes go silver and his skin goes silver. And yeah. I went, oh, OK, oh. I got it. Silver light. This is done. We're we're I I see all of the connections now of exactly yeah. where they need to be. Um, but one of the things that I found, and and along that line, maybe I shouldn't say but, maybe I should say and, one of the things that I found interesting about this was Harry, Jim Butcher, taking a moment with Harry to go through and talk about how the white court is not just making porn movies, they're making the entire population more susceptible to their method of feeding mm-hmm. through the porn industry. Do you remember that little that little diatribe that he goes off on with, I think it's with Murphy, um, mm-hmm. where he's talking about, you know, how how much easier is it to to change what people think sex is going to be all about, to change people's perceptions uh, about what physical beauty should be all about. And no wonder that Arturo becomes the object of all of this when he's saying, no, it's not about a physical perfection. It's about love. Yeah. And he's making porns, porn movies about love and everybody else is making porn movies about lust. The lust feeds into the silver court or, or the white court and what they are trying to do, their, yeah. their hold on people. Um, while on the other side, um, Arturo, yeah, he's still making porn, but he's making a different kind of porn. I found that, I found that conversation very enlightening. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I feel, uh, maybe, maybe it's a little bit of a Puritan streak in me, but I feel that that's, uh, uh, a really valuable thing to talk about in, and maybe if there is a level two piece of this book, it was that moment right there talking about the impact that the porn industry and all of those kinds of things may or may not be having on our societal civilization. Well, I think so. I mean, he even spells it out. It's it, what a better industry or better way to, um, to influence thoughts on love and on lust and acceptable actions and, and power and, and basically how to use it. bringing, bringing yeah. the lambs to the slaughter in such yeah. a way. Wow. Than by- yeah. Lambs to the slaughter. Remember that scene? Yeah. Do you remember that scene that he talked about when he said, if you've seen mutton being slaughtered? Yep. Oh, yep. Yep. Um, and then he talked about the people, the thralls in the black court. Yep. Can we shift to the black court? Can we talk about that? Well, let's talk about this really quick. One second. Uh, little Blue Book says, what I find so fascinating about this story is that though Dresden is not a typical prude, he is deeply uncomfortable with the situation to him. Sex is deeply personal. So the question is, how does he deal with the very real personhood of these porn stars? He doesn't condone their lifestyle, but is haunted by his own personal flaw uh, of lust, which dehumanizes the victims of the crimes he's investigating and his brothers an incubus. So she says, I'm not a man, but I feel like this book tries to deal honestly with male sexuality, both in terms of lust and for protection, uh, how to protect women and, uh, balancing the two and harry does do the protection thing while trying to be or by while being tempted so does so, thomas anyway, by yeah. not taking from justine absolutely uh at the very end remember mm-hmm. we we learned we learned about that one too and about the fact that that makes it impossible for him to be with justine anymore because she now is protected by love remember he yeah he kisses yes. her at the end and yeah. gets blistered. But I, I, there, there are a couple of situations where you have men who are transformed by actual love. And one of them is Harry when Lara tries to seduce him the first time. Yep. Yeah. And she gets blistered because the last woman that Harry was with was Susan, who he deeply loved. And that yes. had left an imprint on him. And, and then Nari you have also. Arturo. And then Inari. And yeah, you Arturo. have Inari, you have Thomas, but you have Arturo, who I, I thought it was so interesting at the end where it was revealed who his new love was, who the woman was that he was going to marry. And they had then the, you know, Wraith and the ex-wives had been using the entropy curse on all of the really hot porn stars, assuming it was them. And no, it was the very capable stage manager yeah. who was not the most attractive person. She just knew what she was doing. And Arturo had fallen in love with her after being with these very bombastic, self-absorbed, really attractive women. Yep. I think it just goes to show you that the power of love is a curious thing. Love oh, conquers all. Okay. We're 
I was going to say chicken is chicken, but that's a different story. Um, makes one man weak, makes another man sad. So, <laughs> thank you, Huey. <laughs> thank you, Huey. Um, and sometimes... I'm like, I, I know that lyric, but I can't figure out what it's about. <laughs> no, and sometimes don't. bad is bad. All right, so... Let's go to the let's let's talk about the All black right, let's court. Talk about the black I court. want to talk about the black court and the Kincaid scene. Here's a, here's a question leading into the oh Megan's leading got a into look the black. Oh, I love the black court. Party pastor, yay! It's <laughs> <laughs> a great name. What's Does that more, mean you're a pastor of the parties, or you? Never mind. I don't know. That's a good question. What's more dangerous, the red court, black court, or white court? I guess it depends on what your weakness. Well, let's talk is. about the black court, and then we'll answer that question. Oh, okay. Yeah. So okay, so this is we're talking about uh, the things coming heart, back to bite you. Yeah, they they way. are the stereotypical vampires where you can kill them with holy water, you can kill them with crosses. You these kill are them these with are garlic. the Bram Stoker's Dracula, which I by the way I love. Yep. I love that he includes Bram Stoker in this yeah. as this is a historical figure who yeah Dracula was a nice great bit of horror science fiction, but no he wrote a book for the White Court. I got for it. the White Council as a how-to manual on killing black I court vampires. I, I got a kick out of that too when they I said, yeah, it. like when they released the, necrom, the necrom, ne ne Necronomicon. Necronomicon. Yeah. The, these are done uh, strategically by the White Court on occasion. Yeah. Um, I, I got a kick out of it's that. It's like, too. I know who Renfield was, you know. On a, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, now you know what Renfields are. And when they say, we can't go in there like the flying Van Helsings. I was like, <laughs> that, was a yes! great, that was a great one. <laughs> Yeah, so, but how interesting that Kincaid is a servant of the vampires. A former, a former servant of Lord Vakul, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Of Vlad of himself. Vlad, Vlad the Impaler. Yeah. Uh, and that he is, uh, and, and, and that Harry unwittingly employs him, knowing that he's a mercenary. Yeah. Knowing that he's a mercenary but not knowing just what kind of mercenary he truly is. Right. Yeah. And yet Kincaid ends up being the perfect person to take out that cell of vampires. Well, and interesting that he was employed by one and now, or he was subservient to one. And now yeah. he is just, I'm ready to kill them all. Something tells me that there's more to Kincaid's story than we've got. You think? About, <laughs> about his, about his relationship with the vampires. Oh yeah. Um, not just about, not just about his relationship with magic and all of those kinds of things, but, but something about the relationship that he has in the connection with those vampires. I'm, yeah. I'm going to be interested. I, and I'm in, in typical butcher style. I'm sure we're going to get more of that, but. Um, well, and that also makes me wonder about his relationship with Ivy. Like if he has a relationship with vampires, what does, does Ivy have anything to do with that or not so much? Because we know that her mother died when she was born because she basically took all of her mother's essence. Knowledge. Yeah. All of the knowledge. Uh, Everything. Her yeah. mother becomes basically a, a vapid shell. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and and we knew at that moment that there was more to Kincaid than just, you know, so, steely eyed muscle man. Yeah. So there's there's something I, I I'm excited to get more about that. But obviously it's something that he doesn't share with anyone mm -hmm. yeah, or with just anyone. Otherwise, maybe Blackstaff McCoy would have a different perspective on some of the stuff that's going on. That's a thought. How fun was that scene, by the way, when <laughs> when the two of them see each other and they're like, "I'm out of here, guns drawn." You know, like, <laughs> what are the chances? Yeah, <laughs> didn't did not see that coming. I I, I got to be honest. That is one that I did not see coming. Yeah. I did not expect um, yeah. the reactions that way. Uh, but they get past it. They go down in there. Well, it's because you know business is business. So. That's absolutely right. The important thing is that they're vampires, and we have to kill them. The, and then the black court is just so evil. I mean, that is just feeding on children. Again, we get to a spot where we see where we see Jim Butcher through Harry Dresden talking about some uh, some lines that should never be crossed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, using using human beings as shields um, to protect you from all of the dirty business that you do. You know, he's kind of touched on that with. Uh, with Marconi, with gentleman Jim Marconi, on a couple of occasions, mm -hmm. um, but but this time we get a very clear indication of what's going on with that, um, and also with the idea that you you just do not prey on children. Yeah, children need to be children need to be allowed to be children. They need to be left innocent. You don't prey on children. Well, and they need to be loved. Yeah, they well, should be protected just through that alone. Like yes. Somebody should, you know, you would hope that all children would be loved, and it's just very sad when they're not. Yeah. And then to be fed upon. 
and then and and then to give Harry so that as they're as they're getting ready to go in, everybody gets really good weapons except Harry. He gets a he gets a paintball gun. He gets yeah. a paintball gun filled with garlic and holy water, which turns out to be pretty cool when you're Freaking going up amazing. against black court vampires. If you're and going up white against court vampires, black court and white court. Yeah, there you go. Well, and, and likely the, red court. I mean, it's, that might the be holy a, water. Might be the thing. that might be a universal garlic and. Yeah. I, I, we're talking we're talking about a, a fictitious place. I mean, I don't want to throw out definites like that, but it, that might be a universal truth air quotes uh, of, of vampires in in butcherland is that they can all be affected by holy water and and uh, garlic. Some of them you know can go out in sunlight. White court can go out in sunlight. Uh, some black of, court when they get powerful enough or they and stick red, around long enough and, they can go out court, in sunlight some of the red court can go out during the sunlight as well we've mm -hmm. seen that mm -hmm. Mavra has transcended the need for sleep Dracula he had he uh, had uh, gotten past that as well he could go out in daylight he'd gotten enough power that he could be able to do that and apparently the whole bats thing is is not a black court staple it's something that if you become a sorcerer you can turn into bats I don't know I don't know exactly they, remember because um, Mavra was a wizard as well as a vampire and uh, Bianca as a member of the red court turned into a black listening bat like creature right so I th I think maybe it's more the way that you feed that determines some of those kinds of outcomes yeah we've seen red maybe. court we've seen black court we've seen white court mm -hmm. and the white court tend to be more like the they, they tend to be less the stereotypical vampire the incubus succubus angle um, the red court seems to be kind of a step in between, but the black court are the, are the really icky ones. Stake through yep. the heart, decapitation, yeah. blah, blah, blah. That's yep. the only way you can do it. It feels like, by the way, a, a kind of a universal truth across all vampire stories, at least in, in the sense that if you, uh, can outlive your competition, if you can basically with, with, uh, longevity comes power. Yes. You know, you can do more things, you become more powerful. It makes sense. It does. I mean, as a as a trope, it makes sense. So and it makes sense here as well. Uh I just I think it's so neat the way that he is flushing out or, or fleshing out, not flushing, fleshing out the, the vampire world <laughs> and kind of the hierarchy of the vampires. The black court was nearly eradicated. What do you think the chances are that by the uh, by book twelve, by book thirteen uh, we got ourselves a whole fresh new crop of black vampires led yeah. by Mavra. Well, and that's one of the things that, you know, he mentions anyway. He says, hey, if we leave him here, if 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 we leave him here for a couple of weeks, there could be dozens whole new or even hundreds of vampires, of vampires yeah. in Chicago. So, you know, the, the way that he gets Murphy involved in all of this uh, to make sure that she can take that vigilante step. Um, which really, uh, you know, you, 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 you do enough, you do enough, uh, rationalization. You get to a spot where you say, no, this is exactly the kind of lawful good behavior that, that Murphy would be involved in and protecting people in, and making sure that people were, were protected from these, from these vampires mm -hmm. who are otherwise above the law. She's the only law that can, that can be answered upon them. Yep. Um, I, I still think. Uh, one of the things that I that I did love about the the whole paintball thing, uh, if you've ever been hit with with the capsaicin uh, pepper spray, oh stuff, yeah, the pepper, yep, um, you'll recognize that that truly is a pretty debilitating weapon when used correctly. Yeah, and so all of the all of the conversation as they were having with Harry, no, this is a good weapon for you. This is the perfect weapon for you. Uh, you don't have military training. It's a perfect weapon for you. I'm like, yeah, that, that is a that is a good weapon for. And then they and then at the end, he's like. It's a paintball gun. <laughs> I, I, I love how Murphy and Kincaid, Kincaid both point out that this is a perfect weapon for you. More specifically, it's a perfect weapon for you to have around us. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's Which not, is fair. It's not so much that it's the perfect weapon. It's the perfect weapon for you. Yes. I do think In it's this neat situation. though. Like, Harry recognizes that he has some deficiencies when it comes to fighting and that kind of thing. And so he lets Kincaid like... Kincaid, I don't really know what I'm doing. What's the plan? How do we go in there? He earlier he talks about how he's getting karate lessons from Murph. Like he's he's learning these things so he can protect himself so that he can protect others a little bit better. Yeah. But it's, it's a slow process. It it's not it's not karate. It's Aikido. I can't think of what it's called. It's I know Aikido. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Aikido's That's why the, it was the pause. I'm like, it's the, it's the throwing body Tai Chi Tuan. Uh body weight, positioning, leverage. Not yeah. quite discipline, not great. judo, but different. Anyway, we'll 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 talk about Morihai Yushiba and the, <laughs> there, the art there are a lot later. of things I don't know, y'all. 
Okay. And that's okay. fantastic. Anyway, so I want to I want to bring up as we as we kind of wrap this up. Let's get into the the last the last battle that they have in this book. With are, are oh, we not yeah. going to mention Harry's mother at all? So no, we are. And okay. this is this fact, is where I want time to do it. This oh, is where okay. I wanted to kind of bring something up. Um, Lara and Thomas both make an indication to to Harry that the White Court fights their battles through deception through cat's paws, mm-hmm. through misdirection and throwing people in other directions. Through manipulation and emotional stuff, which makes complete sense. As But remember you know. when they're fighting with each other, uh, they're not going to fight each other openly. Mm-hmm. They're going to use different kinds of tactics. Right. I don't, know if, I don't know if you guys had the same feeling that I did, but it seems that Harry may have gotten more from his mother than just an affinity for magic. And by that, I mean, if she spent much time around the white court, which apparently she did, Mm -hmm. and he comes and, and we look at Harry and the way that he handles things, he's honest about the fact that he's always looking for a different direction that he doesn't go up against things overtly. He's always going up against them from a different angle. Yeah. I'm Mm. thinking that maybe this is one of the things that happens that was passed on to Harry um, as a result of his mother's um, death curse that was given to both of the boys to be able to connect them mm-hmm. and to prevent Wraith from ever being able to feed again. I'm wondering yeah. if that's not an outcome that somehow um, Harry has an affinity for the same kinds of tools and tactics that are most frequently used by the White Court. Yeah. Interesting. It would be helpful since he he almost always comes to these final battles in a position of weakness himself. So he knows that he can't go head to head with them. He has and, to try and find a different angle yeah. to get them to do something to manipulate themselves into a situation that they basically kill themselves. Yep. Yeah. He did it with trick. Well, not with Trixie, but with Madge. Yeah. You know, gets gets everything set up in the situation that Madge kills her and. The one who walks behind. He who walks oh, behind. Oh yeah, yeah. We we now oh, are seeing we now are seeing another big bad that Harry ha- is going to have to contend with mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. right? Because we this, already has this one is one that he's beaten before. They're bringing it back, and yeah, again we get this idea that that Jim as he's creating this universe, he's creating some threads that he's pulling together into into quite a fine piece of of writing rope, if you will. Yeah, but to, he he brings in this demon character who even Bob is afraid of. Like, just... Yeah. It's, it's What really was it that exciting. Bob said? Harry, they can't be killed. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh... <laughs> wah, wah. At best, you, you, dis, you, you banished him from the, from the physical realm or from the mortal realm, but he can't be killed. He will come back. And here he is. Um, quite an interesting, and, and I think that the, that final battle, um, the battle of wills between Lara and Wraith, mm-hmm. all of the other stuff, the, 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 the gun battle that was going on, the slicing and dicing with the rapiers and the, and the sword cane, um, all of those other pieces was all prelude to the battle of wills between Lara and Wraith. Yeah. Yeah. And now she's got herself a... Father puppet to uh, a little puppet. Yeah. She's weakening she's mani- Wraith just that much more. Yep. Leading yep. the white court and, and manipulating at the same time. Well, like, now Harry, white court like thing she to and do. Harry have an understanding where it's like he can kind of keep the white court at bay if he needs to. Now, sure. now tell me that that decision's not going to come back and bite him at some point in time. <laughs> something yeah. tells Vampires, me, literally something tells me that at some point in time, maybe, maybe Lord Wraith finds himself the ability to overcome what's going on between him and Lara. Don't know. Don't know. I would think it would have to happen, right? Uh, because now well, his his death curse is still in place. He can't feed. Um, so what happens when one of the one of the brothers of 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 what's his what, mother's name? Morgan LeFay? Margaret. Margaret LeFay. Uh, what happens when one of those boys dies? Um, here's by the way, I, I want to throw out this question because I love the Reddit name in relation to this, especially Warden LeFay. I like that. Asks, uh, 
or says, you know, now we learn why Thomas has been sticking his neck out for Dresden yes. so long. So how do you things? How do you see things working out for them moving forward? Because we're kind of to the predictions part of yeah, we are of this episode. Um, how do you see Megan, things what do you working, think? Or moving forward? I don't know. I just hit a wall. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Kim. What do you think? I well, I, this I, is as far as you've gone in the series. Yes, I've you've got, got one. More. I've got a little bit farther. But okay, come on, Ken. I, without trying to give too much away, I'm very excited for you and Bob next book Todd I'm pointing at Todd nobody else can see this but uh, Todd's I'm, I'm excited to get Todd's reaction to Bob next book I, I'm, I'm just gonna say that I am a fan of Bob yeah, I, I really know am. I know you are and so. so I appreciate that anyway I I think um in the in the short term obviously I think it's gonna end up being kind of an odd couple thing because here he is now he, he he's this this single guy who lives with a fat cat and a and a uh apparition that lives in a skull Yep. You know, in an empty basement apartment, now he's got a roommate. And a dog. And a soon-to-be massive dog. Yeah. Well, and this dog is of a special pedigree. Is of a special pedigree where I kind of feel like that's going to become important at some point. Oh, yeah. I think Mouse is going to be very important later I think in the series. But. I'm I'm wondering if Mouse isn't there because of La Chille. Mm. Because because the mouse could sense Lashiel's influence, and so he stayed to protect Harry. Oh, that could be. That's interesting. I so I, I honestly I don't know. I mean, it's going to make for some interesting odd couple things in the small term. I don't know how it'll do for the big plots. I think but. that I think the most interesting thing that we that that we can look at is that it now gives we 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 have Harry with friends in the world of the Fae, friends and enemies, mm-hmm. friends. And enemies in the world of werewolves and lycanthropes. Uh, more friends than enemies, but friends and enemies. Mm-hmm. We've got friends and enemies in the world of the vampires. We know he has enemies and slightly less enemy, uh, slightly less uh, aggressive enemies in the world of demons. Mm-hmm. What more? What what other areas are we going to introduce where Harry's going to get? A foot in that a foot in that domain where he's got a friend as well as all of the enemies. I want to leave this question to hang out there a little bit. Unveiled serpent, Harry has started making a lot of big changes in the balance of power in the supernatural world lately. First with the war between the White Council and the Red Court interfering with the Fairy War, and now is running with the White Court and its king. What do you think some of the repercussions of his actions will be, and who do you think will start keeping their eyes on what Harry's up to in the future? The last part is the question I want to know is I don't think I don't think we see any other flavors of vampire come calling. I wish I really wish we would because that jade vampire, that jade court sounds so cool. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, I, I think we see a lot more. Um, I think we see a lot more factions on the on the side of team good guy show up in the in the same neighborhood as as michael plays in you know it's possible like the knights of the cross whoever else like it can't just be those three knights there's got to be a whole side of of light and righteousness and good who are going to start coming down and maybe that has to do with leshiel maybe so so and the fact that he can now wield hellfire um is gonna that's is gonna piss off michael mm -hmm. and that's why a whole lot of that other side so i think um i i'm i'm curious um and and somewhat hopeful to find out, or or maybe not to find out, but I'm but I'm curious and somewhat hopeful that one of the directions that this goes is that it puts Harry in a place where he and Ebenezer have to settle their differences. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly because I'm predicting that the White Court is going to call Ebenezer and tell him you don't have a choice this time. Take out Harry. Oh, that's a oh that's a good one. And that somehow Harry is going to have to help Ebenezer and the White Court Council or the White Council yeah. understand that there is bigger there are bigger pieces in play than just their sensitivities about his treading the line between non-interference and protecting humanity. Which I just have a hard time believing that he's the only wizard that goes through that. Like, is every other wizard completely? pristine and never has to make compromises how are they surviving this in this is world? this was one of my other questions why is, is harry the only one who's on the crap list if there's a white court and a black court and a red court and a green court or a jade court is there a black council out there 
It wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me either. Um, and I'm a, if there is, I'm a little disappointed we haven't heard it alluded to yet because then it just kind of feels thrown together like, oh, like the evil leaper from Quantum Leap or something like yeah. that. I think, I think one of the things that we might see is that the White Council um, deals with those who are solidly entrenched within their magic. Mm -hmm. Maybe the, the ones who are dabblers are the only ones who get involved in mortal affairs and they wind up getting themselves killed accidentally on a regular basis, yeah, which is perhaps why the White Council is so ingrained in this idea of not interfering on human mortal kinds of concerns. And they have their very specific sets of rules. We'll get say. involved in these things, but only these things and not for their benefit, for ours. For our benefit, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Which, by the way, really sounds like an awful organization right <laughs> yeah i'm I, I i'm gonna when when that one comes up boy we're gonna probably have some good level two conversations hope so gosh i i'm very excited to get into the next book because this starts the ramping up well it sounds There's, like yeah sounds like we better start the next book right now I all think right yeah. sure. what's all it right. called i'll get uh, it from the library the next one you don't I actually, know i've already downloaded Deadbeat. it it's called Dead Beat. Yeah. So yeah, we'll start working on that one. And uh, obviously, we've got a we've got a red team uh, episode next week. But uh, two weeks after that, we'll be we'll be bringing our next uh, butcher, our next Dres our next Dresden files, and uh, hopefully, we'll have a lot less titillating pornography stuff to talk about and more other. Sounds I'll like we're going to be talking be about. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll probably be talking about a lot more corpses based on the title of this one. Well, yeah, I mean. I'll, I'll tell you right now, Mavra shows back up. See, Ken is his own so. spoiler. Well, it's not like this is a spoiler. I mean, it's not like... Like it wasn't telegraphed? Yeah. 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 Well, That's true. Let's know, hope... You know. let, if that's the case, let's hope Harry hang on to the paintball gun. Oh, yeah. Well, he added it to his bill, so... <laughs> oh, by the way, I mean, how about that? Okay, I'm sorry. I know we were wrapping up. I'm sorry. I know we were wrapping up, but... <laughs> Thomas spends all of his inheritance paying off Kincaid's no. debt. And I knew something would happen like that. Like somebody would take care of it. I didn't expect it to be Thomas. I yeah. did. I fully expected yeah. it to be Thomas. Either Thomas or Lara, depending on how that ended up. When it came out to Thomas, I was like, yeah, okay. Thomas is going to go bankrupt. So I have the feeling Thomas is going to find him a sugar mama. Uh, there's, okay. There's, there's, there's so much. There's so much that we didn't, <laughs> that we didn't talk about. And there's so much we could have talked about. So either that or he's going to open a feng shui studio. Oh, there you go. Anything we didn't talk about, uh, He'll be a leave, real it, leave it on Reddit. Let's be once, once this is posted, leave it on Reddit. We'll talk about it there. In the meantime, you know. have a great night, guys. Um, Todrick, I don't have... A uh, recap, really? Really? I've I've been so busy. I've just, <laughs> I understand. I've just been killing just myself with late nights at the theater and everything, and so. But I'll I've got a couple of notes so I can like these, these pretend. Are the you need to be worried about. I know. I know. The listeners are going to be pissed. That's okay. I don't. Sometimes they're better than others, grovel. though. So. Grovel. I'll I'll grovel, and I've got a couple of notes that I can like throw it together on the fly. Are we going to do an on the fly? Summary, an yes. on-the-fly recap. An on-the-fly recap as far as the listeners are concerned.